You know, it never ceases to amaze me the things that people will get their panties into a twist over when it comes to a meme or a question or an idea that you ask someone to think through. Earlier this week, I shared an allegory that has been making the rounds, and some people attribute it to Matt Walsh, but I can't really confirm it. But it's the quote-unquote shopping cart analogy. And it says, you know, the shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing, and it goes on to explain why. And it's so amazing to me to see how many people got offended at this allegory at what it was saying, not because they actually thought through the allegory, but because they thought that it was actually talking about returning your shopping cart. (laughs) So uh, I'd like to break this down a little bit in this episode, because I think there's other examples, and it speaks to other things, um, misconceptions, misunderstandings about our system of government and the way that the founders wrote into the Constitution the protections and the ideas of being a self-governing people. So let's talk about that today as we have another hazardous conversation. Trigger warning disclaimer. Hazardous conversations pushes rhetorical boundaries for acceptable political discourse. Listening to this program could have the uncomfortable side effect of provoking deep intellectual inquiry into foundational principles of liberty. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to Hazardous Conversations. My name is Tyler Miller. I am your host, and thank you for joining today's conversation. So let's start with this shopping cart allegory. Uh, For those of you who haven't seen it or don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to go ahead and read it. It's relatively short, and it goes like this. The shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. To return the shopping cart is an easy, convenient task, and one which we all recognize as correct, appropriate thing to do. To return the shopping cart is objectively right. There is no situation other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return their cart. Simultaneously, it is not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself as the apex example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. No one will punish you for not returning the shopping cart. No one will fine you or kill you for not returning the shopping cart. You gain nothing by returning the shopping cart. You must return the shopping cart out of the goodness of your own heart. You must return the shopping cart because it is the right thing to do, because it is correct. A person who is unable to do this is no better than an animal, an absolute savage who can only be made to do what is right by threatening them with a law and the force that stands behind it. The shopping cart is what determines whether a person is good or bad member of society. Now, this has got people <laughs> so irate. They actually, well, I should say, not everybody. It's a, it, it's been a, probably a 50-50 split between the people who get it, understand it, and the people who can't see past the allegory. And the people who can't see past the allegory think that it's actually talking about the shopping cart. And that it's virtue signaling and that it's trying to make you feel like you're a superior person because you do something that somebody else doesn't. And they get so wrapped around the axle on the shopping cart that they completely miss the point of what it is saying. Now, there is one part of that that I will say I think goes a little little too far and probably hurts the allegory. And it's towards the end you know, where it says a person who's unable to do this is no better than an animal or an absolute savage. Now, I get what 
the point is. But I also get how people who don't think about these things all the time could get dissuaded by that passage, by that part of it. But the point is that this allegory is talking about whether or not a person is capable of self-government. And one of, my, one of the people who follow my uh, Hazardous Liberty page made a really good point that this actually is referencing or, or alludes to or reminds him of a very famous John Adams quote. And I don't think John Adams was the only person who said this, but um, I think he's the one who's most remembered for it. <clears throat> when Adams says, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And what that means is that people, if they will not restrain themselves, nothing can restrain them. Um, nothing moral can restrain them. If they will not morally restrain themselves, morally do the right thing, then forcing them to do that through law or through any other means is objectively immoral. Um, and if that's the only way that you're going to behave, the only way you're going to do it, then that makes you immoral. And that really sits wrong, wrong with people. When you get told that the way you behave is immoral, especially if you think of yourself as a generally moral person, well, you tend to get offended. You don't want to be told that what you're doing is wrong. You don't want to be told that the things you're doing sometimes just to get by are morally wrong. I don't like it, and I know that it happens all the time. Guess what? I don't return the shopping cart every time. But I also don't get offended by this, by the point that this allegory is making. I can agree with the point of the allegory while also saying I'm guilty of it. Because that's how, that's how principles work. That's how philosophy works. That You can understand the correctness of a thing while also acknowledging that you fall short of that thing. In fact, all of Christianity depends upon that very idea of recognizing the pure righteousness of God and of Christ and understanding that I can never be that. Now, grace comes in and allows me to be okay with that. But it doesn't give me license to keep on being bad, keep on doing the immoral thing. It frees me in liberty to do the right thing. That actually brings to mind another quote. Gosh, I don't have the access to it right now. It's from a book by Russell Kirk, and I think he's written it in a couple different places. I think this one's The American Cause. But he talks about liberty is not the freedom to do as I would like, but the freedom to do as I ought. And that's, that really is what this allegory, this shopping cart allegory, is speaking to. Are you the type of person who views liberty as the freedom to do what you want or the freedom to do what you ought? If you are the type of person who only views liberty as I get to do what I want to do, you are living in liberty, but you don't have principles of liberty. I'm sorry if that's a shock to you, and I'm sorry if that's an offense to you, but it's the truth. If you view liberty as a license rather than a responsibility, then you can have all the blessings of liberty, but none of the fruits of liberty. And if you don't understand the difference between the blessings of liberty and the fruits of liberty, I don't know that I can explain it to you. I don't know that it's something that can be taught. It's not like a math proof where I can write down an equation and show it to you. It's something that you have to understand. And the best way to understand it is to grow up into it. 
to grow up understanding and learning it trial by fire. And that is what used to be our experience. You don't just instill Americanism into people through a class or through a short, you know, seminar or convention. Americanism is something you have to have imbued into your being. Um, now, some people come by it more naturally, more freely than other people. And that's going to really depend on your experiences, your circumstances of how um, much, how receptive you are to the ideas of Americanism, but you can't simply copy and paste it. You can't simply pick it up and drop it into society, which is why, you know, all of our attempts over the last, well, almost 100 years to export uh, the American um, the American system utterly fails. Um, it failed in the Philippines. It failed in... Iraq, it failed in Afghanistan, it failed in um, so many places. The places where it was able to take root and work to a measure of degree are places where we went in and absolutely established complete and utter dominance of that society and imposed it upon them and gave them absolutely no choice but to do this. And even in those places, and I'm thinking of places like Japan, uh, post-war World War II, Germany post-World War II, places where we had complete and absolute control. But even in those places, those cultures took the American system, they embraced it, but they adapted it to themselves. And they didn't come, become carbon copies of America. They, they formed and nurtured um, a sense of Americanism, but within their own cultural spheres. Americanism, the American spirit, American philosophy, is something that has to be nurtured from birth, in my opinion. It has to be brought up and cultivated. This yearning to be free, this yearning to be to live under liberty. Now, as a Christian, I my contention is that all Christian precepts and and I hate to use the word dogma, but dogmas are a the pretext of liberty. God creates us in liberty. It's what the meaning of the words of the Declaration of Independence have. We are created free. We are created equally free. And to be morally just, we need to respect each other's freedom, each other's liberty, and work in cooperation with each other to the extent of I am free to do my own pursuits and go my own way right up to the point where it infringes upon your ability to do the same thing. And if we decide that we both want to achieve the same goals, then we can align ourselves with each other and work together for those common goals. And if we have to give up a little bit of our liberty in order to achieve that goal, we only give up so much as is necessary to achieve that goal, always able to re retrieve that liberty back and go our own way should a rift form between us. That concept is what is vitally under attack right now. The ability to go your own way, the ability to choose freely who you associate with and how you do things. The left is just absolutely rabid about taking all those abilities and sources away from you. They don't want you to grow your own food. They don't want you to have the ability to move about freely. They don't want you to have the ability to defend yourself. They don't want you to have the ability to educate yourself. They don't want you to have the ability to be free and independent of the system that they want to instill and impose upon you all the time with an iron fist. 
You can't be free. You cannot have liberty. Because if you have freedom and liberty, you will not willingly go the direction that they want you to go. And that has to be that has to be the dichotomy that we constantly hold out. If we want to win hearts and minds in the political sphere, we have to show the absolute distinction. The way the left wants you to go is a way of force and of obedience and of subservience. The way the right wants you to go is the way of choice and of risk and of fruit. That distinction can be made in absolutely every sphere of political dialogue. It can be made in educational choice. It can be made in healthcare choice. It can be made in taxes. Absolutely every sphere of political discourse has that diametric paradigm to it where you can show the obvious distinction between the left of servitude and slavery and the right of independence and liberty. Now, tying it back to the shopping cart analogy, there were people who were getting so bent out of shape for a couple of different reasons. One is that they, like I said, thought that it was actually about the shopping cart. And so they started getting all uh, defensive and persnickety about, well, I have kids and I can't, I, I can't risk their safety or I can't leave them alone or all this stuff. And okay, fine, you got kids. Is that your dire emergency? Or you've got people who say, well, they have people, you know, they hire people specifically to do that, to round up the carts. Okay, so it's someone else's job, so it's not your responsibility to do it. So let's carry that argument over to some other examples. You're walking around along the road and you see a piece of trash on the ground. It's not gooey, it's not sticky, it doesn't have powder all over it. Doesn't have, it's literally a piece of paper on the ground right next to a trash can. Hey, there's people whose job it is to pick up the trash. That's not yours, it's not your responsibility. You're just going to walk right on by it, aren't you? And you are a wonderful person for doing that. In your liberty, you're doing that in your freedom. Great. Or how about this? I was just down at breakfast at the hotel I'm staying at, and they've got a waffle waffle machine, waffle maker. And they've got the little cups to dispense just the right amount before you pour it in there so you're not overflowing or you're not underfilling the waffle iron. And, of course, it's a weekend, so there's lots of kids here, and they make a mess of it. And there are cups strewn about all over the counter. It's a mess. And... The trash can is literally right there. Like, you don't even have to move your body. You pick up the cup, and you extend your arm, and you drop it in the trash can. The people who are arguing or complaining about this allegory, saying that they can't do it because they've got kids, or they can't do it because they're disabled, or they can't do it because, 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 are proving the truth of the allegory. They're proving the truth of what it is saying, that you are not, you are the type of person that uses liberty as an excuse for laziness. You are using liberty as an excuse to not do what you ought to do. Now, are you being penalized for not picking up the trash? Are you being penalized for not returning the car? No, that's what the allegory says. That's what the allegory makes clear. It doesn't cost you anything to do the right thing. But because you're being called out on it, you're getting offended, and you are now making the argument that it's not the right thing to do. And by doing that, you are arguing in favor of the people who want to bring in the tyranny that will force you to do it. Do you understand that? That by arguing that 
I have the right to not do it, you are giving cannon fodder to the people who want to force you to do it. So go ahead. Get indignant and offended all you want to. But you are exactly what this allegory is speaking to. And unless and until you face that and come to terms with that and accept that, you're going to be a very poor ally for those of us who actually want to fight for liberty and the Constitution the way it was written and understood by our founding fathers. So no, this isn't an allegory about virtue signaling, and it certainly has nothing to do with the actual shopping carts. This is about, are you the type of person that is capable of self-regulation, or must you be regulated? That's black and white what it's about. Are you the type of person who will do a thing for the sake of it being right, or must you be forced into doing it under the threat of law? Now remember, I'm not claiming that I am pure as the wind-driven snow on this issue. I've already said, many times I do not return the shopping cart. Does that mean that I'm unfit for self-governance? Well, maybe. Maybe I don't always do things simply for the sake of them being right. Maybe I only do things because I'm being forced to do them. Because I know someone else is watching. Maybe I don't have as pure of an integrity as I would like to think I do. Does that disqualify me from speaking about the ideal and striving to be a better person? And wanting society to be better than it is? I don't think so. If only perfect people can call other people to perfection, then we're all screwed. We said this already. I can look at a thing and understand that I am less than ideal. And that doesn't stop me from wanting to be ideal. It doesn't stop me from recognizing the truth of something. That doesn't make me a hypocrite. What would make me a hypocrite is if I called people to perfection and, I, and intentionally knowing that I have no intention of trying to be perfect myself. Calling people to do something that I have no intention of trying to do myself. That is hypocrisy. Doing something other than what you call people to do or acting in a way other than what you speak, that's just sin. And we all do it to varying degrees. But we like those degrees, don't we? We love to hold on to those, those degrees. That's where the virtue signaling is, is I'm a better sinner than you are, or I'm a less of a sinner than you are. And that, really, when it comes down to it, if you get offended at this shopping cart allegory, that is where you're at. You're trying to grade your sin, grade your morality as being lesser or higher than somebody else's. Whereas I'm saying... We're all guilty of it, but this is what the standard is. And so let's all try to do better. I honestly did not think that when I shared this meme, this allegory, that it would generate such passionate responses from people. Um, it caught me kind of off guard a little bit. I knew there would be some, but I wasn't quite prepared for how deep um, and how diffused it, it struck people. And honestly, I don't know where that leads our cause. If people are going to have these, this kind of reaction to something that to me is so plain and straightforward. Are we able to be self-reflective as a movement? Are we able to be self-reflective as conservatives, as libertarians? 
Are we able to look at our own foibles and our own actions and say, you know what, we can be better? Or are we going to get defensive every time we're criticized? If it's the latter, then might as well stop doing the podcast, stop being involved in politics altogether, and just focus on my little corner of the world and and try to do the best I can on my own with my family and just shut out the world. But I don't believe that. I don't believe that that's our disposition. I believe that we are able to be self-reflective. I think we've just gotten so used to being attacked that we look to be attacked whenever somebody criticizes even the smallest thing about us. Instead of taking it as an opportunity to be self-reflective, we take it as an opportunity to be wounded and play the wounded. So I guess my call to everybody in this episode is don't be the victim. That's the left. That's what they do. They play the victim. If if you've got criticism coming at you, try to objectively analyze it. Take it for what it is and say, you know what? Okay, let's move on. You know, does that mean that we just always go get along, you know, go along to get along? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that having friendly disagreements and being able to critically call each other out on things shouldn't destroy the relationships that we develop and build toward the cause of liberty. So I'd ask everyone to think about that. And with that, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. Didn't get to everything I really want to talk about, but that's okay. We can always do another episode uh, later on. Please like and comment on this episode. And most importantly, share it with anyone who you think might also find it uh, educational or enjoyable. And until next time, God be with you all in all that you do. And remember, keep the faith and keep up the fight.